If you are long distance with someone whose love languages require you to be close, yeah. you have to find other ways to feed their secondary or tertiary love languages mm-hmm. or somehow meet those needs, which you like literally physical touch you can only do in person. Yeah. And we went, I think, six weeks one time and we were like, we can't do that again. Yeah. And welcome to this episode of Interstates and Heartbreak, a podcast about the shared experience of dating in Los Angeles. So for today's guest, I have someone who is kind of a hybrid of my experience growing up in San Diego and my experience in LA. And so Amanda and I, we go way back. We actually knew each other from high school, even though we did not go to the same high school. And we were both pretty ingrained in each other's experiences. We both also went to UCLA and we became even closer there. And now I want to say we graduated when 2012, so eight years after graduation, still great friends. And I'm really fortunate to have her in my life and to have her on this podcast. Thank you. I feel so welcome. I was just reminiscing on the fact that it's hilarious. We went to each other's proms Um, (laughs) (laughs) and just the fact that we've known each other for so long and Mm -hmm. we're both still in LA. I feel like, you know, we've talked about how... Growing up in San Diego, you're not really set up to love the LA experience. And then we have both chosen to stay here and create our own little shared history in Los Angeles, which has been a learning experience. It really has. And I'm coming up with this real identity crisis because for you, you were born in San Diego. I was born in New York and I didn't move to San Diego until I was like five. And so... I lived in San Diego for 12 years. It's now been 12 years since we moved to LA. And so come this fall, I will have been in LA longer than I lived in San Diego. Wow. Which is crazy. I'll always be a San Diegan at heart, but it's pretty scary to think that soon that time is going to surpass my San Diego time. That is crazy. I never thought about that. So when people ask you, where are you from? I'm still going to say San Diego. And I feel like it's kind of... It's an interesting response because people are like, oh, so you were born there? Mm. And I personally forget that I was born on the East Coast because it didn't impact my life all that much, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have many memories before coming to San Diego, at least not many significant ones. Yeah, I think then people follow up with, oh, how long have you lived here? And I'm at the point where people are like, whoa. Because a lot of people (laughs) don't stay in LA for over a decade. (laughs) So yeah, but I'm still going to claim San Diego. That's fair. That's really interesting. I feel like I have also gone through a San Diego identity crisis where I was born there. um, And I spent a brief amount of my life in the Inland Empire that I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. And then my parents moved back to San Diego and my whole school experience was there until Mm -hmm. college. So... Mm -hmm. I always was like, oh, yeah, I'm San Diegan, of yeah. course. And now I've moved to L.A. And I feel very committed to L.A. long term. And we'll get into all the reasons why. Mm-hmm. And most of them are family related. Mm-hmm. And so now I almost feel like if people are like, oh, like, yeah, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm from SoCal. <laughs> <laughs> it's very broad. 
<laughs> Which I feel like our freshman year of college, we would have been like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> I was that obnoxious person where when I met someone and they said, I'm from San Diego, and they would be like, I'm from Oceanside. I'd be like, that's not San Diego. Whatever. <laughs> that was just so annoying. But yeah, it's we kind of have to get creative now with how we describe it. Mm-hmm, truly. And I, I have to admit, I still in my head when I ask someone, like, if they say they're from San Diego, like, oh, where? And they say somewhere in kind of North County. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> so not really. <laughs> Obviously, I don't say it out loud anymore because I'm like, well, San Diego, San Diego, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I definitely used to say it out loud. Yeah. I also used to tell people when they would ask where I'm from, I'd be like, I'm from the best city in the country, San Diego. I said that multiple times. Amazing. <laughs> Literally, that's so obnoxious and crazy, but... Its nickname really is America's Finest City, though. So you're like, you had been conditioned <laughs> to call it something like I that. I had drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> You were a kid, you know. Yeah. You didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know any better. That's fair. And LA, I think, also gets all of the negative attention. For so many reasons, people hate Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and I think most of them are valid. (laughs) Yeah, they absolutely are. And so then you have to make LA what you need it to be. It's so true. then it turns into a completely different, like, life-changing experience. That's very true. So that's a great transition. What part of LA do you live in? Because I feel like that tells a lot about a person their lifestyle. Fair. So I guess I am not too far removed from my San Diego roots because I live in the South Bay. Mm -hmm. I live in Hermosa Beach uh, with my husband. And like every day, it's still wild to me that we live at the beach because growing up in San Diego, the beach is a huge part of your life and your summers. And Mm -hmm. so many of my memories happen at the beach. And I always used to think how cool would it be to live close to the ocean. And I happened to meet someone who already lived there. (laughs) Big plus. uh, And then all my wildest dreams came true. And now I live at the beach. And so I guess in a lot of ways, I haven't left that San Diego mentality behind Mm -hmm. of not loving the aspect of LA that's such a big city. Mm -hmm. And so I live in a bubble. And it's a totally different experience than I've also lived in Culver City. I've also lived in Westwood. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's different because we were in college. So, mm-hmm. like, is it real life? I don't know. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> and I loved living in Culver also, just the walkability. And, yeah. you know, it's fun to be able to live in a place where you can walk to restaurants and walk to bars yeah. and bike around. And I found that in both places. I just... I like being a little bit further removed from the traffic. Absolutely. But the hugest drawback, obviously, is the location. It's far from everything. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> far. I always forget every time I visit you, it is really far. <laughs> and in theory, no, it's not. But there's traffic. And then I think the thing is that after you get off the highway, there's just still so much longer to yes. drive. And so, again, it's worth it because you do get that removal from the city. But, yeah, it can be a lot. Yeah, obviously, we're here for your podcast, which is about dating in LA and interstates, of course. And so that did play a factor when Davey and I did start dating. And just the kind of relationship expectation of being able to be with each other for certain Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. And the impossibility of getting to the South Bay in a reasonable amount of time from the West Side, especially Mm -hmm. from Beverly Hills, where I was working. (laughs) And then... Beverly Hills is not particularly close to any freeway entrances or exits, and neither is Hermosa Beach. So having to get to the freeway, then on the freeway, then off the freeway, and just not being on time for things or not being able to like go on dinner dates on days that I worked and Mm -hmm. things like that. So that was a (laughs) truly interstates, although luckily no heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
and I know we are going to talk about this later, but you can honestly have a long distance relationship in LA. Like, it is a really different experience than living in another city where you can feasibly get somewhere Mm -hmm. between the hours of like 2 p.m. and 9 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) It's a really big chunk of the day where it's just inaccessible. So I have never taken for granted the fact that now I don't have to drive an hour and a half to see the person that I want to be with. Yes. So nice. So nice. So you mentioned Beverly Hills, and I feel like that's a great transition to talk about why you were in Beverly Hills, since you never lived there. And I want to backtrack and say that Amanda is really one of the best people I know in terms of the work that she does. We are currently in a public health crisis, to say the least, and she is doing daily work to help us get out of that. And so honestly, she's a saint. Before that work experience, though, she worked in Beverly Hills, and I would love to hear a little bit about what that job was and what that experience was. Sure. Um, Thank you for the generous introduction. (laughs) Yes, for context, I am managing a team of contact tracers, and we're up to 200 people now. And Mm -hmm. just a plug to if you get the unfortunate phone call that you either are positive for COVID-19 or a contact of someone who is positive for COVID-19, please just be kind to the person on the phone. They don't want to be calling you either. Um, So thank you to my team for the work that they do. And wear a mask, wash your hands. Do all the safe things. Do all the safe things. Anyway, though, of Beverly Hills, Lululemon, I took the job because I graduated early. I graduated in March, Mm -hmm. so at the end of winter quarter, and I had reached a point where I either needed to get a job in LA or move home. And I was kind of giving myself another couple of weeks, and I committed to living with my roommate who I ended up living in Palms with for a couple of years. I'd already committed, and, you know, the recession was like, starting to improve by the point we were graduating, although it was still a very competitive job market. And the only place I ended up getting an offer from was Lululemon in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I accepted because I wanted to see if I could live in LA and have that experience Mm -hmm. because I also just like very, very desperately wanted to not move home. (laughs) Not that that's not a great option for so many people. I just, I am pretty independent and I was raised to be very independent. And I knew that I didn't want moving home to San Diego to be my next step because there's more opportunity in LA. So uh, luckily I found public health a few Mm -hmm. years later. (laughs) But since I didn't know what I wanted to do, I felt like I needed to stay in LA and keep that LA energy. Mm -hmm. And so I took this job. And for anyone who has worked service industry or specifically retail, obviously you bond with your coworkers. It's like a trauma bonding. (laughs) (laughs) And I can honestly say I worked in stores all over LA and I I helped open one of the San Diego stores. Mm -hmm. I transferred to New Orleans and I worked in that store when Mm -hmm. I moved to Louisiana and Beverly Hills is far and away the worst. Um, Not because of the people who work there, but because of the people who choose to shop one block off Rodeo Drive for stretchy pants. (laughs) Um, And so I know Leslie's heard some of the crazy stories, but just for entertainment's sake, I guess. So we would have people who would come off of Rodeo a block away, and they had just been handed their champagne, (laughs) and someone had personal shopped for them, and it had been a lovely, very luxury experience 
experience. And then they come to North Beverly Drive, just one block further. And uh, we don't have champagne. (laughs) We're not supposed to personal shop. And, you know, not that $100 is not a very expensive pair of yoga pants, Mm -hmm. but just comparatively to what's just one block away, you know, we're not on the same level. (laughs) And so we would have people who came in and we got snapped at like people would like snap their fingers at us to get our attention. And it was crazy. One of my friends got spit at. It was just like... A wild experience. And some of the stories, I know one of the recurring themes was Janice Dickinson. (laughs) She started coming to our store and she became somewhat of a regular. And I was just always work. I worked full time. So many people who work at her work at Lululemon work part time because they have other goals that they're pursuing. And Mm -hmm. I needed to be full time because Mm -hmm. I lived in LA. (laughs) And I didn't have anything else going on. So I worked a lot and so I was always there when she came in and she started to recognize me as someone who served her (laughs) in some capacity. (laughs) And so Lululemon, at least at the time, you know, I don't know what the situation is now, but we were able to work out for free Mm -hmm. in community classes. And so... I'd go to the store and then I would go to one of the Beverly Hills workout classes and she had similar taste to me (laughs) in exercise routines. You guys were besties. Um, Pretty much. (laughs) Janice Dickinson and I had the same schedule, but she would recognize me in class. And I I remember in like a spin class, she saw me and she asked me to help set up her bike. And so I had to explain to her, I hope I was kind. I don't remember now. So maybe I wasn't, but I had to explain to her that I don't work here. Yeah. I only work at Lululemon. (laughs) I'm not following you around to help your experience everywhere you go. (laughs) I can help you buy the pants you're wearing for this class. I don't know how to set up your bike for you. (laughs) Yeah. Good for you for sticking your ground because I feel like that could be intimidating if you're like, you're a celebrity and maybe I should just do it. But... That's too far. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, so I would have been doing everyone a disservice. <laughs> it honestly might have been a liability. Yeah, <laughs> truly. <laughs> yeah, and I think just the other kind of funny experience that also happened around a spin class. <laughs> Lululemon also, like, workout culture. When people were leaving or moving on to other things, mm-hmm. we would all go to a workout class together. Speaking of drinking the Kool-Aid, like, Lululemon has its own Kool-Aid. And so we would go to a class together to celebrate the person who was leaving. Mm -hmm. And so I had gone to a class, but I knew I needed to leave early to Mm -hmm. get to work. So Mm -hmm. I jumped off my bike towards the end, and I was grabbing my stuff. And I was in the lockers, which are not – it's not a separate locker room. They're in a hallway. Mm -hmm. So just to be clear, anyone could be there. And someone stepped on me. And I was in a hurry, so I looked up into Bradley Cooper's face and apologized immediately. (laughs) But he had stepped on me, and his reaction was, thank you. I still can't believe he said, thank you. So I... Like, like, none of that interaction (laughs) is normal. Everything about that interaction was not what either person expected. (laughs) Because I had looked up because I was surprised because someone had stepped on my foot and he was wearing motorcycle boots and he was clearly trying to escape class early so he didn't get bombarded. Mm -hmm. And our lockers were open in such a way that we couldn't see each other at first (laughs) until this this had happened. And then when I saw who it was, I froze. (laughs) 
And the first thing I did was apologize. And he's probably so used to people like saying, oh my God, I love your work or yeah. something that he, his react, his gut reaction is probably, oh, thank you to try and like, mm-hmm. you know, be yeah, kind and get that's away. That's true. And I always have thought that that interaction is funny because it's just like, why was my first reaction to apologize? Yes. And it's just funny. His gut reaction was thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh, but I would have not said anything better. Especially, <laughs> honestly, I think Bradley Cooper is so sexy. <laughs> I would have just been starstruck and like, oh my God, I can't. I believe I'm so close to this beautiful man. Who knows what would have come out of my mouth, honestly. Yeah, I think, like, what's funny is I didn't have enough time to have any of those thoughts. It was mm-hmm. just like, oh, I recognize that face. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Versus, like, Davey, we did a farewell ride for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, or I did one for myself with, like, just some of my very closest friends. And David Beckham was there. And so mm-hmm. was Victoria. Oh, my gosh. And Davey was having a complete fan moment and he was like you have to get a picture with him and I was like of course he's a good looking guy but I'm like not I'm not starstruck by him in the same way as like maybe I would be for someone else I don't know Mm -hmm. so I was like I don't feel the need to get a picture of David Beckham (laughs) which is like sacrilege to so many people to Mm -hmm. be like why wouldn't you Mm -hmm. and so Davey physically had to push me and the instructor was a really close friend of ours because she'd been an ambassador for the store and he had heard her talking about how I was leaving and going to grad school to get Mm -hmm. my degree in public health and so he had this weird context for knowing me uh, or for knowing who I was in that moment anyway Mm -hmm. and so he had like said congratulations or something for going to school and we had this like two second exchange and we took a picture that's pretty cool so I was like that was I think I was cooler then yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah so working in Beverly Hills it's a funny experience to work somewhere in LA and I'm sure in the entertainment industry you have this as well where like you do have celebrity stories I personally don't (laughs) my job is not sexy at all it's funny to have worked in LA for so long and that's always what people expect. Yes. Like you say you live in LA and they're like, oh, do you know any celebrities? Yeah. And no, I don't know them. No. But like I have had run-ins with them. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like in my last job, I had more run-ins, but it was never David Beckham, Bradley Cooper level <laughs> celebrities. It was like, I'm not trying to be rude, but it was more like the star of Teen Wolf. Like I did get to interact mm. with him, but is that a household name? It depends on how old your household is, honestly. <laughs> it's not like a superstar. <laughs> Fair. To someone, they're a superstar. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. So backing up, you mentioned, you know, of course, your now husband, Davey, and the fact that you did work together at Lululemon. Yes. So what was the start of your relationship like? <laughs> so it's a funny story because... We go back and forth. You know how sometimes when you're in a relationship, you kind of like, you tell your own history back to each other Mm -hmm. and it's like a thing that you do. And the funny thing that Davey does is he likes to try to rewrite history. Um, (laughs) So when we have this back and forth, I have a totally different version of it than he does because I remember the night we met Mm -hmm. and he does not. Oh my gosh, yes. So when he says like, oh, from day one or whatever like that, I'm like, first of all, you don't remember day one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Is to be completely fair to him. He had just been hired and we used to only have one night a year when we could use our discount for other people. It was such a big deal. I loved that night. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) But other than that, Lululemon is really strict about Mm -hmm. using your discount for other people. Or they were at the time. Don't know what they're like now. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And so he came in and Davey loves to shop. So not only was he meeting a bunch of people for the first time, mm-hmm. he also was getting to shop with a discount. Like, yeah. I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. But I remember we had heard they had just hired two guys. Mm-hmm. And for our store, that was a big deal because we were very heavily skewed towards mm-hmm. most of the people working at the store were women. Yeah. And we had one guy who was long-term. And other than that, like, they kind of just cycled in and out. You yeah. know, it's retail. It's L.A. You know, people don't typically work retail in L.A. because it's what they want to do. They mm-hmm. work it because they're trying to get into, you know, the industry yeah. or, you know, they're waiting for school to start or something like that. You know, that's basically why it's a pretty rotating door. And so the fact that they had hired two guys at the same time, yeah. we were like, ooh. <laughs> And yeah, and then we're like, oh, they're coming to shop night. And we're like, oh, nice. Like, mm-hmm. we get to, like, check them out and, like, yeah. see what they're like. And in walks this, like, beautiful, tan, flawless skin Aww. guy. And he's, like, wearing this bright yellow shirt, which, like, I can't pull off yellow. So when someone can, mm-hmm. it, I, like, catches my eye always. Mm-hmm. And so he, like, looks awesome in yellow. And he's, like, wearing this cool beanie. And he just looks like such a surfer, like, Aww. cool guy in these, like, beautiful eyes, great smile, and I'm like, all of the heads just snap towards Davey. I'm imagining a scene from a movie where it's like things slow down and like this burst of light comes through the door, there's music playing. In my head, that's exactly what it's like. And so then like immediately we all start gossiping in the back room about like, what's this guy's deal? Yeah. And because this is just my nature, I immediately start to assume how flawed he must be because he's like too good looking. Yeah. So all the other girls like, oh my gosh, he, 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 like (laughs) we have to meet him and like getting really excited about him at first. And I'm like, he's the most attractive person I've ever seen in person. But like, he's got to be dumb. (laughs) Or like, he must have a terrible personality. (laughs) And like, we would have been introduced to each other. And that was Mm -hmm. it that first night. And then we went shopping or like, you know, we were all shopping and whatever. And then we all parted ways. And the next time we met, I know he remembers because I am a nerd in all ways, and I graduated school and needed an outlet for my nerdiness, and Mm -hmm. so I had gotten involved in training new hires. And Mm -hmm. so I was in charge of teaching them about the different products and, like, different materials and things that we sold in the store so that they could be knowledgeable when they spoke to customers. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing pants that had an extreme dropped crotch to the point <laughs> where they could double as a tube top jumpsuit. Wait, that I is love how that. long the crotch of the pants was. Was it intended to be? Yes. A, that's pretty genius. It's yeah. So they were hideous. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing that to this day he does not let me live down. Oh um, because when you work in Lululemon, especially full time, you end up owning the weird stuff yeah. because you get it at extreme discounts yeah. and you have to be at least can't be wearing a competitor's brand when mm-hmm. you're working and yeah. I was working a lot so I needed a lot of stuff yeah definitely <laughs> so I would sometimes buy these things that I'm like but <laughs> questionable huge question mark that was one of them I ended up spilling bleach on them oh. um, towards the end of our time working together which <laughs> is probably his favorite day in history <laughs> <It's> um, like finally <laughs> he like bumped into you yes. oh how did that Oops. happen <laughs> So I know that he remembers that. (laughs) (laughs) And I just can't imagine the impression that I gave that day. Like, so amped up. Like, unnecessarily so. You know, like, it was... I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. 
And so from there, somehow, we ended up just clicking immediately. Mm -hmm. And we worked together a lot because he was also Mm full-time. And we had just immediate chemistry Mm -hmm. to the point where the other guy who got hired on the same day, he overheard me. I didn't know he was in earshot or whatever. He overheard me inviting Davey out for drinks with the girls. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a very normal thing. You finish your shift, you go to drinks. Like, did it all the time. Mm -hmm. And so the other new guy heard me what he thought asking Davey on a date. And he didn't get the invite because I didn't know he was there. (laughs) And so that turned into he must have like mentioned it or Mm -hmm. something to someone else who Mm -hmm. was like, well, that's not allowed because Davey was a manager Mm -hmm. and I was a salesperson. So taboo. And so, yeah, so taboo. And so somehow management found out and ended up asking him specifically about it. Because it's a bigger deal for him to be dating me than for me to be secretly dating him. Yeah. And he was like, no. (laughs) But from, like, you know, the very first few interactions, we became such good friends Mm -hmm. that then it became a joke. And Mm -hmm. we made this horrible joke about calling each other hubby and wifey at work on the sales floor in front of other people. And because we were just like, that's so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, there were other people. We invite each other out for drinks all the time. It's not a date. Like, that's so... The fact that you would, like, immediately go there is beyond, you know, ridiculous. So Mm -hmm. we just made a joke out of it. Mm -hmm. Now it's not a joke anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah, you just call someone your husband long enough and they turn into... Pro dating tip for everyone looking (laughs) for a husband. Just just go for it. (laughs) No, don't do that. So, so yeah, so we had that just kind of immediate chemistry and he, it turns out, is not stupid and does not have a terrible personality, (laughs) despite what I assumed at first. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up texting each other just all day, every day from the moment we woke up to the minute we fell asleep, whenever we weren't working together, even Mm -hmm. when we were on breaks, we would be sending each other links to things Mm -hmm. and just like constantly talking or working together. Mm-hmm. And we truly, honestly, never dated when we were working together. Mm-hmm. But our chemistry was noticeable enough to other people that mm-hmm. they were like questioning if mm-hmm. we were telling the truth or not. Yeah. And so then we just started deflecting like, no, we can't be dating because yeah. so like such and such or whatever. And like trying to set each other up with other people. And <laughs> yes. to, so like uh, that didn't work out for either of us. I think his, the, and there was a group of us who tried mm-hmm. to set him up with another old coworker who okay. is lovely. didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And he had seen another coworker's brother who also worked retail in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. starting to come by and like bring me kombucha on his lunch break yes. and all these things that he was like, well, you should obviously go on a date with him. Like, Was this who I think it is? It was. <laughs> and that relationship, uh, I was honestly like not interested in basically from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but to Davey's point was basically like, you're not dating anyone. Why wouldn't you go on a date? Yeah. And fair enough. Fair. So we ended up just going on dates. I think we called it a relationship, but looking back at it now, I don't know if it had ever progressed really to a true relationship. How many dates did you go on approximately? Well, it spanned a few months Yeah, because he didn't drive. So Mm. we only saw each other when we had shifts that overlapped Mm -hmm. or I would have to drive. He lived in Koreatown. I Mm -hmm. lived in Culver. And so we'd have to, like, drive to do things. So it wasn't actually that often. I don't know how many 
but I know mm-hmm. that it was for several months. And during that time, actually, Davy and I went on what I would consider, we jokingly call our first date. Mm-hmm. And so I had signed up to go on a trip to Bali with a yoga instructor from our store. Mm-hmm. And one full day itinerary was riding bikes down a volcano, which sounds Whoa. super fun, super yeah. cool, except that I had forgotten how to ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to what they tell you. It is possible. <laughs> Nothing is like oh riding gosh. a bike unless it's something that you can forget. <laughs> so wow. I knew I was not going to be able to do it. And Lululemon's very goal oriented. And um, oh. so I mentioned in a staff meeting that I had signed up to do this thing and I need someone's help because I'm not going to be able to do the bike you ride. You can't do it on your own. Right. And and I didn't have a bike. And yeah. so he was like, oh, you know, like casual yeah, I live by the beach. Like, you can come over and, you what know, we can, yeah, we can uh, ride bikes on the strand. I have an extra beach cruiser. Mm-hmm. It's like so cool. And someone else had said, yes, like, it was not meant to be a one on one, like, romantic thing. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, teaching someone how to ride a bike is not actually romantic. It's awkward because I, I was uncomfortable. Like, for, yeah, from him teaching me, like, that is a very kind gesture yeah. and, like, could be romantic, but the actual, like, process of, I hate learning things in front of people. That's fair. So having to be awkward and uncomfortable in front of him, if it had been a date, mm-hmm. I would have been like mortified. That's fair. Although I feel like experiences like that where you're either learning something or out of your comfort zone, it kind of bonds you. It's kind of like when on The Bachelor, they make you go on a date where <laughs> they always pick something where they're like, oh, so-and-so said she's afraid of heights in her bio. Let's make them go skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> bonds you to the person something about the adrenaline and being out of your comfort zone and then being with that person during it i feel like it creates this additional closeness fair all right so davy's a genius (laughs) honestly i'm giving a lot of credit (laughs) and so the other friend ended up bailing Mm. and so i drive to his address it's a block from the water i'm Mm -hmm. like okay (laughs) yeah he lets me borrow his roommate's bike and he like taught me in an alley or like let me get comfortable you know in an alley because I had ridden a bike before I Mm -hmm. just like knew that I was unstable and like didn't know how to you know like navigate and I would be uncomfortable having to like go around things or if things were crowded or Mm -hmm. whatever and so he like let me go back and forth in the alleyway for a little while and then we just rode on the strand Mm -hmm. by the water it was beautiful day and then we got ice cream which like such a cute like if it had been a date would have been perfect a perfect first date yeah but we were just friends and we were working together. And yeah. so it technically wasn't. And then I went to Bali and mm-hmm. I texted him the whole time and I like Aww. sent him pictures from the bike ride and mm-hmm. like all these things. And so that happened, I think like late summer. And then he ended up leaving the company. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and under circumstances that were just beyond stupid. And then we started dating. When you go from setting each other up with other people, <laughs> For a lot of guys, I think it would be hard to get out of the friend zone. So maybe there's some people listening who would like to hear how he managed that. Because I I would also be curious. Uh, Fair. I don't know if we jokingly call that time the friendship zone. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it truly was because we always had chemistry. And we always... true. Like, I had told him at one point, I was like, you are such a catch. Thinking, like, for someone else. Yeah. But, like... 
like I recognized in him already all mm-hmm. the things that like would have been such a great husband mm-hmm. for potentially anyone else, but yeah. like specifically for me. Mm-hmm. And for example, like he helped me study for the GRE and he like Aww. tutored me in math because not only can I not ride a bike, I also <laughs> forgot how to do math. <laughs> Which is very fair. So yeah. And so like he helped me do this thing that I needed to go into like my next step, which was grad Mm -hmm. school. And so when we were no longer working together, we'd organized a night to like take him out and buy him drinks because Mm -hmm. it sucks to be asked to leave a job. Yeah. And we all knew the circumstances and didn't agree with them. And Mm -hmm. so we were like, this is stupid. Like we support you. Let's get drinks. And so I borrowed a very short romper from my roommate and wore heels. Like I did not come to play that night. Yes. And so I was like dressing up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause he like, and we all made a pact like we weren't gonna wear Lululemon. So like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I love that. normally we would be wearing Lulu to anything, and mm-hmm. like we all dressed up or whatever, and took him out to drinks. And because we still were texting each other every day, we kept mm-hmm. texting each other afterwards. And there was this like funny period of like almost daring each other to come out and like confess that we liked the other person. Oh my gosh! And because there was this unspoken. We know if we cross the line, Mm -hmm. then we are such good friends, but also we've only known each other for about a year. So we don't have like the history of like, we could go on a date or two and then like, it might be awkward for a while, but we might be able to get through it and stay in each other's lives. Like we didn't have the history to stand on there. So it's kind of like we either stay really good friends Mm -hmm. and like maybe drift apart as our lives change. Yeah. Or we cross this line and then it's serious because like we knew everything about each other at this point. We'd been talking all day, every day for almost a year. Mm -hmm. We'd seen each other with other people. Like we'd done all these things. We knew all the skeletons in each other's closets. So it was kind of like we knew if we jumped in, it wasn't going to be casual. No. So there was this, like, who's going to do it first? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, we were kind of, like, flirty, texting back and forth after getting drinks that night. And I was like, oh, man, but I just can't tell because, like, we've always had, like, this banter. Yeah. And then we kept texting and he invited me to dinner with some of his best friends. Mm -hmm. And they're married. And so it was, like, going to be a double date. And I was like... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know, you know what happened first mm. is I met with up with him and I had dinner with him and his cousin, who oh, I wow. later learned hated all of his ex-girlfriends and wow. we immediately got along. Oh my god. So we had that. And then he invited me to this dinner, Cheesecake Factory, Redondo Beach. <laughs> Memories forever. <laughs> with these friends of his who are married, and I got there late because I was coming from the west side and mm-hmm. it was Redondo Beach mm-hmm. and it was dinner time, so traffic. Of course. And so I ended up getting my dinner to go and I told him that I wasn't like feeling like I kind of like had a cold or something. I Mm -hmm. wasn't feeling like super great. So I wasn't, I was like, yeah, like whatever, I'll go back to your place and I'll finish my dinner and like Mm -hmm. hang out with your roommates, whatever. Watch TV. I'm like done with eating. And he's like, okay, like I'll walk you to your car and I'll get the parking pass. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, he's like walking me to my car. Like, is he going to kiss me? (gasps) And he like leans in when we get to my car and in my head, I'm like, oh my God, he's happening. It's happening. And he says, is my tooth chipped? He Oh my god. What a freaking tease. So I was like, oh my god, all of that was in my head. I'm a crazy person. And I think he chickened out. I he legit he claims he legitimately thought he had chipped his tooth. Maybe what? He, maybe he did. I didn't see anything. Uh, okay. Um and 
So maybe he was like, oh, I'm about to cross the line and then didn't. Yeah, I think so. Because even <laughs> when I think about our interactions, if I thought I had chipped my tooth and I were asking you, I wouldn't lean into you with no context and be like, hey, can you look at this? I'd be like, this is kind of weird, yeah. but, and preface it before getting so close to you. <laughs> And maybe that's also like a movie in my head where I'm like replaying it and maybe I've added that detail, but I, he did walk me to my car mm-hmm. and he did say is my chip tooth and when I thought he was going to kiss me. Yeah. So, what a misdirect. Yeah. So I go home and I'm like telling my roommate and like some of my close friends, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like I thought he liked me and mm-hmm. I thought I was pretty sure about it. Yeah. And I thought I'd be able to tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this happened and they're all like, well, if he wanted you to come out to dinner with his friends, like... He probably likes you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I was like, eh, uh, I don't know. You know, like, well, maybe we're just better as friends. There was this, like, precipice where if anything had gone any other way, mm-hmm. I don't think we would have been together because wow. I think we would have just been like, well, we're such good friends. Let's stay that way. Yeah. But we kept, like, doing these, like, dares, you know? Yeah. And so the next day, I was still feeling kind of like I had a cold or, like, slightly sick, not, like, violently ill or whatever. And we were texting. He's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like, not too great. And he's yeah. like, oh, is there anything I can do? And I was like, oh, you could bring me chocolate chip cookies. Aww. And again, because he jokes a lot, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if he was serious. He's like, okay, like, yeah, uh, I'll come over. Uh-huh. And so I go to my room and I'm like, we have to clean. <laughs> <laughs> Stress. And you have to now make yourself look presentable. Right. Oh yeah. So we panic clean. And she's like, are you sure he's coming? And I'm like, I'm honestly not <laughs> sure. Because he yeah. could be joking. Like, yeah. he could just be like, yeah, okay, like, be right over. Mm-hmm. But, like, joking. You know, like, yeah. driving from the South Bay to the West Side just that's to bring someone cookies. Like, that's like a boyfriend kind of thing. Or, like, someone yeah. who's trying to date you kind of thing. Absolutely. So we're cleaning and we're, like, not sure how invested we need to be. But yes. we're, like, we have to at least be presentable. And even if we're, yes. like, shoving clothes in closets, like, instead of, like, fully doing yeah. the clean, like, presentable. Mm-hmm. And then I get a call and he's here. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. God. And so I was like, I wasn't sure he was going to show up. Yeah. And so he did show up and he did bring chocolate chip cookies. Aww. And I was like oh my gosh, like, he for sure likes me. Like, this has to be it. Mm -hmm. And so we watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and it got really late. He ended up spending the night, Mm -hmm. but he claims he didn't kiss me because I had said I was feeling sick. Okay. So then in the morning, I had to leave for work, and I'm getting ready, Mm -hmm. and we finally kissed, and I was like, oh my god, this is like a life-changing moment. Yes. And I was like, I can't believe it. Like, it's been like a year in the making, and Mm -hmm. like, I feel so close to this person, and like, this is serious like if we're if we just kiss like we're in a relationship yeah and I get to the store and I'm so excited because I'm working with some of my best friends and I'm like oh my god guys mm-hmm. like Davey and I kissed and they are like yeah finally duh <laughs> I, love it. I, love it so I was much. just like oh <laughs> what, like, what do you mean finally <laughs> And they're like, we kind of thought you had already. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it, it was just funny to have like this, what I perceived as like dramatic life-changing event. Yeah. And my friends that were close with both of us were just kind of like, of course. Yeah. It's so funny how <laughs> some relationships are like that. And I kind of can pick out a lot of parallels between you getting to know Davey and me getting to know my ex who I used to work with. Cause it's very similar where we work together. And so that was not on my mind. Mm-hmm. I never really thought that we would date, especially cause we were both teachers. Mm-hmm. So it was more taboo in a way, or at least it felt more taboo. Mm-hmm. And 
Arielle always says, and she kind of said in our podcast episode that she could tell that he liked me from the beginning. And I was just like always denying it. (laughs) Similarly, I'd been dating somebody and he would give me dating advice. He eventually advised me to break up with the person. So a little bit of sabotage there. He was right. But (laughs) yeah, it's just so funny how you can deny it for so long. And everyone else is like, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, Mm -hmm. when it's the right person. Yeah, and I think a lot of the denial was, like, trying to convince myself Mm -hmm. because I was like, yeah, he's perfect. Like, Mm -hmm. of course I would want to date him. Yeah. But, like, I can't. Mm -hmm. So I had to be like, oh, no. Like, no, no. It's, you know, and it would be, like, stupid stuff. Like, oh, he's too old for me or whatever. And, like, obviously none of that actually matters in the long scheme. (laughs) No, no. It's just, like, self-preservation kind of. Right. It's totally Mm self-preservation and trying to, like, play it off. And then kind of to continue the story, I had already applied for grad school. He'd helped Mm -hmm. me study for the GRE. Yeah. Uh, I'd already applied and we got together in December and I got all of my acceptances in spring. Yeah. And so we kissed and we were like, oh, we should probably talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) So we, and then we just like, to this day, like I don't get sick of being around him. So Mm -hmm. like we always want to be around each other. And so like we were talking and it was like, okay, like, We are at a point where at this point we could kind of like walk it back Mm -hmm. or we go for it. But if we go for it, like that's kind of it. Yeah. And so we both were like, no, I want to. Mm -hmm. And then we just like, we went all in and he knew that I decided to not apply anywhere in California Mm -hmm. specifically because my parents both grew up here and had only Mm -hmm. lived here and it worked for my dad and it didn't work for my mom. And I had seen just how that had kind of played out in their own relationship and eventual divorce Mm -hmm. and her just feeling like she needed to, you know, experience something else and move to another state. And she just fell in love. And I was like, I need to do that before I am seriously committed to someone. Yeah. Pretty bad timing to seriously commit to someone after I'd already just kind of like made the decision. I I couldn't go back and apply to California schools. Yeah. Or anywhere. The closest school I applied to was Colorado. And so no matter what, it was gonna be a drive. Mm -hmm. At least, if not like a multiple hour flight. Yeah. And my other options were in Washington, DC or New Orleans, but New Orleans was always my top choice. Yeah. And so we had had that discussion of like Okay, well, if we're doing it, that also means we're doing long distance. Yeah. And his niece is also his goddaughter. Mm -hmm. And he had told me, and I knew how important that was. And I had actually missed meeting his family. I had seen them from a distance in the store, but I had missed being able to meet them because I was like helping someone towards the back of the store and they were all hanging out towards the front. And so I had seen her from a distance. I had seen his brother and his sister-in-law and... Maybe his parents were there. I can't remember now. But, like, I fully remember seeing that because I was like, oh, like, that's Davey's family. Like, that was, like, a big deal that they were in the store. Mm -hmm. And I didn't meet them then. So that means that when I met them, it was going to be the first time. And it was going to be the last time for a while. Yeah. And it was, he was like, I don't want my goddaughter to, like, know multiple aunts growing up. Totally. When she meets the person I marry... She's only meeting the one person. Wow. And so I was like, no pressure. No pressure. What the heck? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and also, like, at the time she was two. Yeah, she was like mm-hmm. two or three by the time we met. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a lot of pressure. And I didn't at the time know any children. Yeah. <laughs> 
and because I'm an only child mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't have siblings and none of my cousins live close enough or have young kids. Yeah. And none of my friends were having kids yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. And so I have like such clear memories of the day of meeting her. And that's when things like really solidified. Like yeah. once I met his family, because family is so central to Davy's values. Mm-hmm. And I knew that meeting them was like kind of a make or break moment. Absolutely. And I was already like, well, I'm all in on you. Yeah. Uh, but if your family's not all in on me, then mm-hmm. that means you like there's going to be at least a very big barrier, if yes. not like a potential deal. Deal breaker. breaker. It could have been a deal breaker. I'm not sure. Like, you know, everyone makes their own decisions. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we didn't have to find out. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, it was like just this crazy. I met his family in the spring and we met at the beach and I was like, cool, I'm meeting your parents in a bikini. (laughs) Like, this is not the image that I would have like wanted. Turns out they're total beach people. So, like, of course it's fine. And they know the beach is important to Davey and I met his uh, goddaughter, his niece, and she, for some reason, just instantly loved me, and I will never know why, (laughs) but eternally grateful. Yes. Wow. Um, She really sealed the deal for you. She Honestly, she did. Like, it was a really big deal that she liked me Mm -hmm. and, like, wanted to hang out with me, and I, like, showed her how to catch sand crabs, and that was, like, cool. (laughs) I was like awesome. I'm making stuff up as I go and I'm glad that it's entertaining enough to you where you don't cry when you see me. (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) From there, yeah, and you know, from there now, obviously, like, I've known her for the rest of her life since then and I've known her brother for his whole life and like they're the best so I'm only slightly biased but that was a that was a really big deal and then I moved away for two years. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, and it was interesting because the decision had already been made. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we kind of just ignored it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Until it was there. And then he drove me across the country and Mm -hmm. dropped me off in New Orleans. And I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And we started our long distance journey that in my mind, I was like, okay, it's two years. Yeah. And I had already committed to coming back. Mm -hmm. But you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like a crazy, it was a very weird transition to go from like really good friends Mm -hmm. to like, Suddenly, seriously, pretty seriously dating to within a couple months, long distance. That is a really (laughs) crazy timeline. Mm -hmm. And you'd built up all this momentum. So to have it halted Mm -hmm. must have been really kind of jarring. And I am so excited to dive into your experiences long distance. I mean... My one experience long distance, it sounds silly to even say compared to yours, it was only a two hour drive, not a big deal. The one difference, I guess, being that we didn't have that foundation that you and Davey had. It was like we met for a few days and then started dating after that. And there was no end date. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the fact that, you know, you had a set period of two years, at least you kind of got to go into it saying this is going to be a long time. It's going to be far, but at least it's not forever. So there was kind of an end game that you could work towards. Mm -hmm. What were some of the initial challenges of jumping to long distance, especially such a far distance? And how did you navigate that? I think most of them were mental because Mm -hmm. I think in my head, for my own self-preservation, I had to tell myself it was temporary. Yeah. Knowing that, and there were a couple times when Davey was like, we don't actually know Mm -hmm. because anything could happen. Like, we don't know where I'm going to get a job or, Mm -hmm. you know, if I could come back to LA. And public health is pretty marketable. So I was like, oh, yeah, of course I'm coming back. But Mm -hmm. like, he was right. Yeah. You know, so that was a mental hurdle of like, 
I just had to tell myself, like, I'm going to make LA work. Yeah. Like, I have to make LA work. And that, and also I moved to a state where I didn't know a single person. Yeah. <laughs> and the closest people I knew were in Houston, which was a whole state over. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And anyone I knew was a multiple hour flight away. And mm-hmm. New Orleans is not a hub. So mm-hmm. it's not the easiest to fly into. Although mm-hmm. Southwest did start flying direct when I was there, which yeah. was huge, hugely helpful to our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then also the barriers of just our circumstances were so different. Yeah. He stayed where he had been living with the people he'd been living with, able to see his family on the same level of frequency he was used to, yep. keeping his same job. So he was around all these things where like I had previously been there with him. Yeah. So that was interesting on that level. And for me, I was totally alone and didn't have any friends. Yeah. And so I was probably uh, clingier. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy to hear because you are not a clingy person at all. But in those circumstances, anyone would become clingy. Yeah. It's so rough. It was. It was hard, especially at the beginning before I'd met people. And when yeah. I was living in university housing and, you know, my roommate was an international student and she had her whole network and she had friends because they did networking events. And there wasn't really any like you're all on your own mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't come in with another kind of like network you can associate to mm-hmm. other than like yeah we're all here for an mph like yeah we're, st- we're all studying public health and i am a pretty hardcore introvert mm-hmm. and like kind of a no new friends kind of person <laughs> yes. so the people i care about i'm like ride or die and like new people i'm kind of like mm. mm-hmm. like not that interested. Take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I made really good friends in grad school mm-hmm. eventually, but that was hard for me because I had to actively meet people. Yeah. Which then I was like, well, but if I say yes to going out with you, then I might miss like being able to FaceTime with Davey. Yeah. And Davey was like, do it. Like you're in grad school, have the experience. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here for you. Yeah. And I had to get over that. Like, well, but then like we already said we were going to FaceTime, and I'm going to miss that time. Yeah. So. I think like the level of communication and the biggest thing was learning how to have conflict Yeah, when you are so far apart. And I am the type of person who, if I'm in conflict with someone, mm-hmm. I need it to be resolved like immediately yeah. that sooner. Uh, and absolutely. so, cause I am, it takes me a while to get mad about something. Mm-hmm. When I get mad, I get mad really fast. Mm-hmm. And then I just almost as quickly get over it. Yeah. So I might just like flare up for a minute and then I'm done. Yeah. But Davy needs time, and that's something where even in person, like, we still struggle with our differences there because, like, when I make him mad, he needs time to calm himself down, and then he can talk about it. Yeah. And I'm over here like, oh, I said that in the heat of the moment, and it was mean, and Mm -hmm. I didn't mean it, Mm -hmm. and I'm over it now. Can you be over it now, too? (laughs) And he's like, actually, no. Yeah, and that's not fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I – but in my head, I'm like – but get over it. But like, get over please. it already. Like, please just can you get over it? Because yeah. like, I need, I think our officiant in our wedding said that we had a very peaceful relationship. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, we do. Yeah. Like there are, a, of course, like, especially living with someone and working with them 24 seven, like mm-hmm. we do things that are annoying yeah. to each other occasionally. Maybe I'm more annoying um, than he is. <laughs> yes. But I just like needed whenever we were in conflict and we were far apart from each other and I couldn't just like go into the room and be like 
are we cool yet? Yeah. Because when you're long distance, you have the option of not picking up someone's phone call or not responding to that text. That's so true. So we had to learn how to communicate effectively in Mm -hmm. conflict first. And I think that's probably like one of the top things I would say that you learn long distance is mm-hmm. that communication. Yeah. Because conflict happens, like, yeah. to be expected, especially when you're long distance and you, there's a lot of big life decisions yeah. and, you know, like, miscommunications because all your communication is, like, texting yeah. and, you know, so it happens and you have to find ways to resolve it without being able to, like, kiss and make up. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So I think that was, that's, like, one of the biggest. And the other one was love languages, which... I was literally (laughs) going to ask about that. Like, what are your love languages and how did distance impact it? Yeah. So mine are words of affirmation. I mean, I know you have secondary, but like, Mm -hmm. I am so hardcore words of affirmation that my next closest one is like pretty secondary Mm -hmm. and it's quality time. Mm -hmm. Davey is much higher on acts of service Mm -hmm. and physical touch. And that's why he brought you cookies. Right. So (laughs) like... If you are long distance with someone whose love languages require you to be close, you have to find other ways to feed their secondary or tertiary love languages Mm -hmm. or somehow meet those needs, which you like literally physical touch you can only do in person. Yeah. So then it's about like setting up your frequency so that you can be like, okay, we know we struggle when Mm -hmm. we hit this mark. And for us, it was like anything more than four weeks, we were like... this is really hard. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy to be like, yeah, I can go without seeing you for a month. (laughs) (laughs) Which like isn't how either of us thought about it. It was like, you know, I can go for a month without seeing you and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I have to, Mm -hmm. I can make it that far. Yeah. Yeah. And we went, I think, six weeks one time and we were like, we can't do that again. Yeah. And just having to be on the same page about like committing to that. And obviously we're so lucky that like we had the finances to be Mm -hmm. able to fly back and forth. And a lot of that had to be with, so this is crazy. We had been dating for six months and I got a credit card and made him an authorized user on it so that we could get the points Yes, so that we could fly back and forth and see each other. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, it was not a joint credit card. But he could buy things Mm -hmm. using my credit. (laughs) That is a level of trust that it takes most couples years to build (laughs) up towards. So that was like a, okay, like if we're in this, we're in this because like, what am I going to do? Fly from New Orleans and Mm -hmm. physically remove the card from his house? Like, not that he would go, you know, if we had broken up and he'd be like, cool, I'm going to go spend all your money now. Right, yeah. He wouldn't have done that. That would be crazy. But like, it's just an extra layer of like, we are definitely committed in to this. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we got like one of the chase cards that had all the point bonuses and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that allowed us to fly back and forth. And my parents and his parents were both like very supportive of us. So there was a couple times when my mom would be like, okay, like if you guys want to hang out with me, like Aww. in DC, I'll pay for both of your flights, which like Amazing. she knew what she was doing. There, yeah. You know, like yeah. she was making it possible for us to see each other and being like such a supportive mom in the process. Yeah. So we did see each other that way. And then actually going into my second year, his brother had a really bad work accident. Mm-hmm. And when he was in the hospital, my best friend actually donated a bunch of Southwest points to me so that I could fly home more frequently. And so we saw each other more my second year, but not under like 
happy circumstances. Yeah. It was like a stressful time and he's out of that now and mm-hmm. he's survived it and it's great and we're so lucky. But that was another element of long distance that was really hard mm-hmm. is you're with this person and you love them and you love their family and then you can't predict that something's going to happen yeah. in their family that would like under normal circumstances, you would be closer. Yeah. And on top of it, I was in grad school. Mm-hmm. So like <laughs> trying to make that happen, trying to get a job, mm-hmm. trying to have the experience of living in another state. Cause that was the whole reason that I did it. Yeah. And you know, I think it came down to finding the frequency pattern that worked for us or that we could at least make work. And we talked daily. We continued the daily texting just like we had when we were quote unquote in the friend zone yeah. at Lululemon. <laughs> yeah. You had that foundation that mm-hmm. you could then build on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had our first anniversary over my winter break. And then we had my second anniversary over my second winter break. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of my second year, I was job searching in LA and I was like, of course I'm moving to LA. Like mm-hmm. I don't have a job yet, but like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And then we moved in together. Oh, <laughs> which is such a sharp transition <laughs> to go from, oh, I see you once a month to now I see you all the time. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It was interesting because he had a roommate mm-hmm. and I had spent time over school breaks. So like I had spent, you know, three, four weeks at a time mm-hmm. living with them and it was always fine for us yeah. because our relationship is very loving yeah. and like kind to one another. <laughs> yeah. The most part. Like we give each other a hard time, but yeah. like we had a different communication style than his roommate and his Ooh. roommate's girlfriend at yes. the time. And so then we would like kind of hide in our room and just mm-hmm. be like cutesy and like laughing and having a good time with each other, which yeah. is like, a, I don't know, for me is a low bar. Um, <laughs> Right, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> so, literally table stakes. Yeah. <laughs> so then it was just, you know, I'd already lived that experience for weeks at a time. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, I'm moving in and we, this is for as long as it, like, for us as it works. Yeah. Like, and that, it wasn't a question of us. It was more a question of like, when is our roommate going to come to us and be like, you can't do this anymore? Yeah. <laughs> thought about the strain that would put on their relationship. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I can relate to probably what I can't speak to what his girlfriend at the time was going through. But I feel like I can probably speak to it because there was a time when I was in a relationship and things weren't really going that well. And it had been a lot of peaks and valleys for a while. And one of my good friends, she was in a relationship with someone very similar. Mm-hmm. And so we could commiserate over the fact that we were kind of going through the same thing. There were things that I could look at and be like, oh, this element of my relationship isn't great, but at least this thing isn't happening that Mm. that my friend is going through. And then when they stopped dating and she started dating someone else who was literally perfect and so wonderful, it really shone the spotlight on what I was going through even more because Mm. it was like, oh, I don't have someone to commiserate with on this. And now it's feeling like this type of behavior and interaction is less normal. Mm -hmm. And it just made me see, oh, this is actually what I want. And then it made my own relationship look worse by comparison. So I can only imagine that being around you two, especially you're kind of going through a second honeymoon phase. Totally. And that is really nice. But I can imagine (laughs) that if you are not as blissful in your own relationship, it's like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. And I now hate my life because it's making me question everything about my own relationship. 
Fair. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking about it, but it mm-hmm. is true. I think, you know, the interesting thing, like people always talk about the negatives of long distance and I'm not mm-hmm. saying I would choose it on mm-hmm. purpose. Like if I didn't have to, mm-hmm. but on the plus side, Davey and I already had the foundation of friendship. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, because we could only talk and we were long distance and just like so excited to see each other. Mm-hmm. It built our friendship even more to mm-hmm. the point where, like, he's, like, my favorite person on the planet. Aww. So I don't get sick of him. Mm-hmm. And I, like, w- always want him around. And, like, mm-hmm. it's not annoying to me that we're, like, always in each other's yeah. faces, you know? And so, like, I don't know what they were feeling. But if I'm being objective, we probably were obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> like, because well, you can't help it. Right. Yeah. Because then we're also seeing each other and we're like, oh, thank God, like, I have to go four weeks without seeing you under normal circumstances. I can see you every day for three weeks. This is a miracle. This Mm -hmm. is, like, magical. Oh, my gosh, I can't get, I can't believe I get to, like, go grocery shopping and cook you dinner. Like, it's this, like, the little things of, like, oh, it's just so normal Mm -hmm. that, like, you really, you don't take for granted when you're in a long-distance relationship because Mm -hmm. it's, like, I'm here when you get home from work. Like, I love that. I love that I can see you and, like, I might be doing homework all day or whatever, but then, like, you come home and I'm like, yes, yeah. like this is the person I want to see at the end of the day. And so like we had had that experience. And I think in a lot of ways also for us anyway, long distance kind of, it feels like it extended the honeymoon period. Absolutely. And like, to be honest, there are still like in a lot of ways, we've never really like fully left it. Mm-hmm. Like we still like each other and want to be around each other all the time so like we haven't reached that like level of like sitcom like (laughs) married couple you know what I mean where you're like oh that honeymoon period's over yeah Yeah. (laughs) so I think like I'm grateful for the time that we had to compare Mm -hmm. and I think like as we get further and further away from long distance like those memories obviously fade Mm -hmm. but when I moved in it wasn't an issue of us it was more an issue of like we're going to need to live alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this is going to get old for yeah. somebody at some point. And I would say for his roommate and for me, it got old faster because mm-hmm. we were around each other more because Davey <laughs> yeah. has worked since Lululemon. He has gotten into social media marketing and mm-hmm. like every step up means longer hours. Yeah. Versus I was applying for jobs. Yeah. And then my first job, I was either working from home or on the road. Mm-hmm. And so our roommate would be home mm-hmm. and he and I just had more time around each other and yeah. it's like we're not in love with each other <laughs> uh, we don't have a lot in common other than the no. person that we both live with yeah and we just like never crossed into being like really friends yeah so it was not really comfortable for either of us mm-hmm. and eventually he ended up proposing and moving out mm-hmm. and like they seem happy and great and they have a giant dog now and like Mm -hmm. happy ending for everyone. But I was to the point where I would like Davey and I would be out and be just the two of us. And I'd be like, um, we're going to have to move. Yeah. Because I don't know how long I can do this. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the biggest like conversation we had about like difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we got lucky and not every relationship would be the same, but for me anyway, like I'd already had that experience of, vacations yeah and then coming and being like oh it just never ends like Mm -hmm. this is awesome (laughs) totally it's great that the one issue was an external factor Mm -hmm. because yeah there could be a lot of things that you realize when you move in with somebody but again i think having the strong friendship foundation Mm -hmm. 
it made it a lot less likely that there were going to be any crazy surprises that you learned just because you moved in. Yes. And I think that's huge Mm -hmm. because I think you can very easily move in with someone and be surprised. (laughs) Yes. I think that, I mean, I don't know anyone who has personally done this, but right now, because we're in quarantine, you hear all these stories about people who are meeting online. And then when they finally feel comfortable enough to meet in person and start dating, they're like, let's just quarantine together. Mm. I think that happened a lot more in the beginning of Mm -hmm. this, but I cannot imagine doing that. Same. That is so insane to me because that person is a stranger, first of all. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I just think that moving in with anybody quickly, even if it's just a friend, it's just such a big risk. And I feel like it has the potential to go south so quickly because there are very few people who you can live with and mesh with long term. Mm -hmm. Like living styles are just such a unique thing. Yeah, totally. And even with roommates, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And you might move in and things work for a little while and then they don't. Yeah. And... Then you, like, I was moving in with him and be like, well, this better work because, <laughs> like, we're in it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I think that's also different. You go into it with a different mentality because yeah. it's not the same as a roommate where it's like, yeah. I can always move out. It's yeah. like, oh, if I don't like this, like, I either have to decide <laughs> I don't like it enough that it's mm-hmm. a deal breaker mm-hmm. or I have to decide to love it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, I feel like it would be really difficult to move in with someone and then move out Mm -hmm. and keep the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I actually interviewed our friend Anna and she had that experience, but the circumstances were so different and so specific that they were able to continue the relationship and it wasn't a big deal. But Mm -hmm. I can't think of any other circumstances where you could tell someone, I don't want to live with you anymore, but let's keep dating. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just kind of a given for Mm -hmm. us. Like in my mind, I was like, when I pictured moving in with someone, I was like, I want it to be intentional. I would want it to be like, we make this decision and it's mm-hmm. like a next step in our relationship. Yeah. And so I was moving in because I was moving from a different state mm-hmm. and I didn't get another apartment. And so part of me was like, am I doing this because it's convenient or if I'm, mm. am I doing this because yeah. it's the next step? And I think for us, it was the next step. Like we had survived two years of long distance. Mm -hmm. We had already told each other it was serious before I went to Louisiana. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, this is like, we do this. And then we had to have a period of time where we made sure that like our relationship worked when it wasn't long distance. Mm -hmm. Because there is that like long distance can also prolong a relationship. Yes. Because you don't break up because you're like, well, I don't know if this is what it's really like. That's so true. Again, going back to my quote unquote long distance experience, it was really interesting because we never fought. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we never lived in the same city. So mm-hmm. I can't speak to, oh, things changed after we did. But one thing that I noticed was like when you're in someone else's city, you're so excited to see them. It's kind of like, you know, I'll do whatever you want to do. And I think you're just so much more accommodating, especially if one of you is on the other's home turf, you might Mm -hmm. just be like, oh yeah, you know this city, whatever you want to do, I'm here for it. I'm just happy to be with you. You don't have to make those decisions about, oh, our interests are clashing and I want to do this and you want to do this. You're just kind of like, I'm here for the ride. I'm happy to be here. Whatever is great. Yeah, it is really interesting because it prolongs the honeymoon period in the sense that you are just newly excited to Mm -hmm. see the person in a way that you wouldn't be if you saw them multiple times a week. Totally. Yeah. So then everyone assumed like, well, you're done with long distance, so you're getting married now. (laughs) And that was actually, that was crazy to me because I was like, we have lived apart for two years. Yeah. Like we can probably count 
on, well, more than two hands, but like it's only a handful of times we have seen each other in a full two year period. Yeah. So like, yes, we've spent weeks together, but like to your point, they're kind of these like magical, like we, you have to make them good times. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) I always like towards the end of a long trip or like if we saw each other for a weekend, I (laughs) had a really bad (laughs) habit of getting really sad too early. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so almost like, wait, we still have 12 hours. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so I would start, it's like, it's funny to me now, although like, I wish that I could have, I could go back in time and just like turn that off and be mm-hmm. like, don't be sad until he's gone, you mm-hmm. dummy. Because I would start crying like the oh, night before no. and be like, he'd be like, we still have a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I think that to jump in and then we lived together and, you know, everyone, then all of a sudden there was this pressure because yeah. they were like, so you're getting married, right? And Gosh. I, for me, like, there were definitely times where I was like, so, like, we're definitely getting married, though, right? Yeah. But I also would go back and forth and be like, I just love being with you. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't care. Yeah. And so, like, I'm not really on a timeline. And we would have t- conversations about our finances mm-hmm. and, like, things like that. And then my <laughs> my dad, I have so many memories of, like, he would come up from San Diego and, mm-hmm. you know, we'd go out to lunch or breakfast or whatever. And he'd be like, so... <laughs> What's next? Oh, and we'd be like, God. oh, you know, like, we're planning a trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, like, glares at yeah, you. not the answer he wanted. <laughs> and so at one point, he, like, started pretty much just straight up asking, like, when are you getting married? Yeah. And he was doing it for, like, a very loving reason mm-hmm. is that he was saving up to help us. Aww. And so he wanted us to know yeah. that he was like, when you do get married, I'm, like, I'm hoping to be able to contribute. Yeah. Or I'm going to be able to contribute. And hopefully it's, like... A significant amount that will help you. Yeah. And so we, at one point, tried to deflect by saying, like, oh, we're saving up. Yeah. And he was like, haha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been saving up for you. And so, like, really, how much do you need to get married? Like, it's never going to be a good time. Just yeah. like it's never going to be a good time to have kids. That's, no. like, his other thing yeah. is, like, it's never a good time to spend money on a wedding. It's never a good time nope. to have a kid financially. Like, you can always have more in savings. Absolutely. Of mm-hmm. And so then... We try to take it a step further by being like, oh, well, like, we're going to have a big wedding. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and that was 50 people fewer than we had anticipated. Wow. So we tried to deflect again yeah. to everyone. And it was, like, not just my dad. It was a lot of people in both of our families like, hey, so, like... You guys are really great together. Mm-hmm. You did the whole long distance thing. She fits in great with our family. He yeah. fits in great with our family. Like, both sides were saying the same things. And they're like, so it's happening. Yeah. And we're like, there's 250 people on yeah. our guest list. Yeah. Like, and that this is our hypothetical guest list mm-hmm. of mostly just family and yeah. a few of our very close friends. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we're going to need some time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, like, I, for one, was fully on board with our timeline mm-hmm. and, like, we probably could have waited, although I'm now so glad we didn't oh, because we in the came in just under the wire with COVID. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a, that was a weird time too. Yeah. Because yeah. when you go from long distance to not long distance anymore, the pressure sets in. Definitely. Because I feel like people look at it as you have undergone this huge barrier and hurdle to a relationship that is bigger than most relationships have to go through. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure for them, they're like, oh, well, clearly, if you could survive this, then you 
are committed to getting together forever. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily a fair assumption. You still have to see what it's like to actually date the person when you live in the same city. Yeah, because we'd only had six months of that. (laughs) Yeah, that's not enough. Like, let's say you were to truncate all of the time that you spent together while you were long distance. And I don't know, I'm estimating, let's say that added up to eight months, like the six months before you moved. And then like eight months of time together between like when you were here for a break and like when you visited the other person. Mm -hmm. If you were to say, we're getting married and it had only been eight months, people would be like, you're crazy. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so really, when you think about the amount of time we spent like physically together Mm -hmm. and in the same city, it had only by the time we got engaged, like... We got engaged in 2018. Mm -hmm. I graduated in 2016. Mm -hmm. That's two years when we dated in the same city. And yes, we'd gone through a lot together in the two years we were long distance. Mm -hmm. And that definitely like helped with the foundation of our relationship Mm -hmm. and like the projection of our relationship moving forward. Yeah. But that's a reasonable timeline to be like, yeah, "Yeah, we were like, we dated in the same city for two years and then we got engaged. Like, Very reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's just really different. Yeah. And I honestly, like, props to anyone who gets married in under a year. Mm -hmm. For me, like, you you need to be able to see someone, like, go through every season at least. I agree. (laughs) Hopefully nothing happens where you see them in, like, in any bad period in their life like you always want the best for someone but yeah. you need to see them like stressed out and yeah. like they handle conflict mm-hmm. and stress mm-hmm. and big life changes right and so like we needed time to be able to see all of those things in each other and like he was there when my parents got divorced yeah. i was there when his brother was in the accident and like for the recovery and like other family like health issues and mm-hmm. things like that had happened and we had been there for those big life moments together and Mm -hmm. seen each other and like supported each other through them and so by that time it was like okay like we're basically married so like I guess we can throw a party (laughs) (laughs) I love that so yeah and I was so surprised when he did propose because in so many ways in my mind it was like we're together forever so like ring or no ring it's fine yeah mm -hmm. exactly yeah yeah amazing (laughs) so amazing Yeah, so I feel like this is really inspiring to anybody who is maybe struggling through long distance. Obviously, you guys are an exemplary case to look to as like, what can happen and what can come from it and how it can strengthen your relationship long term. And I think that's really great. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people doing long distance now with COVID. Yes. And trying to figure out just dating in COVID and... (laughs) I will say that's not the same as being long distance in other times. So, like, yeah. figuring that out is super hard and, like, definite props. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a wild time, honestly. And who mm-hmm. knows how long the long distance will last. Completely. Yeah. And then just the experience of getting to know each other when you can be in person and, like, not afraid that meeting them in person will kill your family. Honestly. And, like, when do you feel comfortable touching someone? Like, even mm-hmm. giving them a hug? Mm-hmm. Like, when do you have your first kiss? Totally. That's a wild time we live in. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I kind of want to round out and take a sharp left, oh, basically, <laughs> and end with a game. And I think I need to give a little bit of backstory about why I chose this game for you. So... There is some backstory in that I went to a Beyonce concert in the past and I went with Ariel and Anna and another one of our friends. And I remember you had found out that we were going and you were like, well, why didn't you invite me? 
And I apologize. I think it kind of came together quickly and it was not an intentional slight. <laughs> but I remember in the discussion, Ariel said like, oh, I didn't know you really liked Beyonce. <laughs> and you were so offended, which is fair. And now it's just this huge running joke. And I know Davey gives you a lot of crap for it. And so I wanted to use this as an opportunity to prove yourself. Oh, my God. As a Beyonce fan. <laughs> And I'm so, so nervous. What I have done is I've pulled some Beyonce lyrics and there are three levels. So some of them, it's like, okay, these are a little more well-known. I think they're all well-known. Like none of them are from songs that you wouldn't know, but some of the lyrics are a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more obscure. Oh no. <laughs> so I'm just curious to see how you do. And I have to apologize to the listeners on like my behalf honestly because I wanted to play Beyonce so that no one had to listen to me try to read the lyrics because it's going to sound so nerdy (laughs) but you know like music licenses I can't do that so I'm just going to have to say the lyric and I'll pause and I'll give you some time to think about what the next lyric is Um, okay all right whenever you're ready (laughs) but and just so I get my side of the story out there. I actually think Davey was there when this discussion happened. Oh my gosh. And that's why he makes so much fun of me because he knew (laughs) that I love Beyonce also as most of the planet does. Yes. And so the fact that one of my closest friends was like, oh, I didn't know you liked Beyonce. (laughs) He was like, what? (laughs) So the stakes are even higher because if I don't get this right and I don't prove myself right now I have to go home and live with that for the rest of my life I mean you'll have like a month where you can pretend it didn't happen (laughs) before the episode comes out if I don't do well I'm just gonna tell him that it didn't record and actually it's not there and then he sees it come out he's like is this you no no your voice no no I don't know what that is (laughs) who got this footage (laughs) all right well you know we might as well just dive in okay okay So, this is level one. First lyric. He only want me when I'm not there. He better call... Becky with the good hair. Yay! (gasps) I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of pressure. Okay, lyric number two. Middle finger up, put him hands high. Wave it in his face. Tell him... Boy, bye. Yes! Two for two! (laughs) Yes! I will say that was level one. So now we're going into level two. Okay. I congratulated myself too soon. No, no, that's fair. Because honestly, I don't know how I would do with this. It's oh, really God. unfair for me to put you on the spot like this, but it is my podcast, so here we are. <laughs> okay, lyric number three. Me, myself, and I, that's all I got in the end. That's what I found out. And there ain't no need to cry. I took a vow that from now on, I'm a bee. Oh my God, I don't know. That's fair. My own best friend. It's an older one. Oh, damn. Okay, that's fair. It's your first one. You're still two, two against one. Okay, I think you'll get this one. Oh, no. (laughs) He popped all my buttons. Yeah, he ripped my blouse. He blank. Oh, my God, I don't know. It's from Partition, if that helps. I wish I could sing it. I just think that no one wants to hear that. (laughs) All my buttons. Yeah, he ripped my blouse. Oh, my God. I do know this. You do. I do know this. Think presidential. Historical, like, from the 90s. Oh, I do know, and I can't come up with the words with, for it right now. That doesn't help. That doesn't count. He, Monica Lewinsky, don't yes. my gown. <laughs> I got the gown part. I was yes. Like, I know it's like, something. who is the person? Yeah. Yes, yes. That doesn't count. Hmm. Okay, these are getting a little harder. So, just, you know, I have faith in you. Oh. Okay. Lyric number five. 
Always stay gracious. Best revenge is your blank. Paper. Yes. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Lyric number six. I sneezed on the beat and the beat got sicker. Yonsei all in his mouth like... It rhymes. I know it does. I was hoping you were going to stop so I could say sicker because I knew that one. Mm. And then you kept going and then I got sad. (laughs) Dang it. Like something that you drink. Liquor. Yes. (laughs) Okay, this is level three. So if you don't get any of these, there's literally no shame. (laughs) Okay, lyric number seven. I feel like I should sing this one, but it'll be so terrible. It's okay. So I'll just tell you which song it is so you can get the melody. It's Baby Boy with Sean Paul. Okay. In our own little world, the music is the sun, the dance floor, blank. Mm Hmm. Blank like my mind. (laughs) (laughs) The dance floor becomes the sea, which is, again, this is level three for a reason. So we're almost done with this torture. I feel so bad. (laughs) I feel like I'm interrogating you. Like I'm shining a light down on you. I'm like, what's the next lyric? Remember Beyonce lyrics. (laughs) Okay, this is the final one. This is a newer song, and I will say she's a featured artist. It was the Savage remix. So branching out a little bit. Okay. Hips TikTok when I dance. On that demon time, she might start in. It's very topical. It's like what strippers use on Instagram. Of course, I had to throw in a stripper reference. (laughs) I don't know. Only fans. Oh, damn. (laughs) But again, that hint was very attuned to myself as something that I'm very passionate about. So, so I bad. don't think that other people would do that much better. And I think I'm actually going to post it to Instagram when your episode comes out to see how people do. And I don't um, think it's going to be that high. We'll see. That's very kind of you. I feel like I probably just am going to make a lot of enemies in in the Bayhive. No, you're not going <laughs> to make any enemies. And you got a level two. It's not like you only got the level ones. Fair. Yeah. I leveled them for a reason, you know. Davey loves Coachella. Mm -hmm. And like a big festival like that is not normally my jam. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we did go one year together. And then I was like not super interested in going again Mm -hmm. because it's just like hot and dusty and a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then I found out Beyonce was going the next year because we were going, we were going to go because she was going to go. And then the twins. Mm -hmm. And so then when I found out she was coming back the next year, I was like, I am all in for this. And this is peak Coachella and it will never get better than this. Yeah. And so we did see Beyonce live and it was great. So I eventually did get my Beyonce concert experience. Yes. Um, I feel like you've already redeemed yourself as a Beyonce fan. As someone who didn't want to go to Coachella and then you prioritized it because of her. Like, what do lyrics matter when you've seen Beyonce live for that performance? (laughs) That was amazing. Iconic performer. Queen. Queen. Truly queen performance artist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for humoring me because <laughs> I know that was that was a lot. That was a lot of pressure. So thanks for being such a good sport. Oh, I tried. And thank you so much for sharing everything about your relationship. And again, I really hope that it is inspiring to people who might be going through something similar just to yeah. see how it can end in such a happy marriage. Best of luck to everyone. I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough out there. And COVID times don't make things any easier although i have seen a lot of people who've gotten engaged lately yeah so i'm kind of like i'm wondering if it'll just bring people together like if you are able to live with someone and work from home 24 7 and get through a pandemic together like you can probably also commit 
to someone for life. Yeah, honestly, life is probably never going to get worse than this, knock on wood. Knock so on wood. if you make it through this, you're probably solid. I hope so. I mean, that same people, people say the same thing about long distance, so maybe that's a lot of pressure to put on people who get together in COVID that times. That is true. <laughs> I take it back. But go at your own pace. Yes, go at your own pace. Love each other. Yes. <laughs> is there anything that you want to plug either personally or work-wise? I think I already plugged the safety measures, mm-hmm. so keep on washing the hands, mm-hmm. staying far away from people, wearing your mask when you can't. And I think that maybe I will plug one of my now cousins-in-law. She has her own business and oh. it's called The Swallows Flight. And you actually have her tea yes, because so I great. did custom blends for all my honorary bridal party. And I still order her tea because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And she also has a flower shop. So if you have anyone in LA you want to send flowers to, Check out The Swallow's Flight and her floral shop, The Fern and Mist Florals. Ooh, love it. Yes. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Leslie. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.